This is your weekly news and pop podcast where two mates, Nick Stewart and myself, Tim Rubin, with about 20 years of media experience between us over television, radio and digital media, break down the top three stories of the week that we think you need to know about. Plus, we've got a Facebook group as well, so you can actually be involved in the podcast every week. Just search Off Air Podcast Community, join the group and share your thoughts on our stories. This week, we're going to be jumping into Chris Lilly. He's back. And how does the next step of cancel culture actually work? Plus, Influencer TV, the new Netflix show that puts a spotlight on Australia's Insta culture. And 40 Ukrainian women have been arrested for being naked on a balcony. The story that has us scratching our heads. Let's get into it. Welcome to Off Air. What is our mandate? Tim Rubin. It's super creepy to reanimate somebody's dead father for their birthday. Nick Stewart. I really leaned into trying to get radicalised by ISIS. You're listening to Off Air. I believe it's this. We're a couple days late. (laughs) Should we address that? We're not. I've already got a text message from my mother who has started listening now. I was sick on Wednesday and uh, you are not... Yeah, so I cancelled our record on Wednesday and then how dare you, Nick Stewart, not just be available at the drop of a hat on Thursday. You picked the So here week. we are. I don't know what's going on, but I have a very busy Thursday and Friday, so I'm, I'm shirking responsibility at the moment. I apologise to anyone that catches me out, but the people need to know the top three stories, Tim, and that's what we're here to deliver. Before we get into it, before we do the stories, I want to do a game with you that I know that you've seen me post about on Facebook because oh. Ellie and I invented a new game. Yeah. Ellie and I went camping on the weekend. It was beautiful. Um, but And we were sitting around the campfire and we came up with a new game, which, because everybody plays Root, Marry, Kill, but that's, it's so sexualized. <laughs> and I didn't, because you have to root one person and then you have to marry. And then I, if you marry, so you continuously root. Well, so you're what, having sex. You have been told very different things about marriage than me, Tim, because <laughs> from what I've been told, essentially, once the marriage starts, the rooting ends. <laughs> It's just a it's a predecessor for yeah. kill. Um, no, but in that version of the game, you're romanticizing two out of the three people. So we invented our own version of the game, which is cage fight, be stuck on a desert island, or bush poo slash. We, in real life, we were calling it shit on a tree, so can which you has a better ring. Explain that one to me. Well, we wanted something in the game that was the most embarrassing thing. Yeah, because the other two are just hard. So it was like, who would you feel comfortable doing something really embarrassing with? So do you want to play a quick round? Yeah, okay. I have three. All right. Okay. Okay. Scott Morrison, Joe Biden, Boris Johnson. Cage fight, desert island, shit on a tree. Um, I'll cage fight Scott Morrison. Yeah, you would. I'm going to go Boris Johnson for the desert island. Why? Because I think there's a lot of him. So at some point, if I have to eat him, then at least there's a decent mass and there'll be some good fats that I can use for cooking. And and he wouldn't put up a fight Exactly. Either. No, he'd be happy to go. He's polite. He's English. And then Joe Biden, I, I guess I'll, I'll do a poo with Joe Biden. A, because he won't remember it. So <laughs> and, and B, I, I feel like out of everyone... Is there eye contact involved? Because we're both very squinty. Like Joe Biden is squinty and so am I. So we won't really be able to get... It's implied. Yeah. It's implied. Yeah. It's like you have to hold hands and balance, help them balance. That's what I was they're... assuming. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So why can't that one be sexualized though? 
Well, it can if you want it to. Be. <laughs> I mean, they all. You can bone someone on a desert island if you want to. I'm going to be trying to survive. But if that's what you want to do to, you know, prep Boris Johnson for marinating, sure. It was weird because uh, when you came up with this game, and I saw it on Facebook, Jazz, my fiance, and I were actually watching our uh, Castaway with Tom Hanks which is oh. a, a desert island-specific movie. And she had a very different question, which I found alarming, considering I'm marrying this woman. She looked at me and she said, at what point in the desert island experience would you just top yourself? And I was like, never. I, w- oh. I wouldn't. I would, I would be constantly trying to... Get out and of there. And that's why she would be. And that's why I'm not choosing Jazz for Desert no. Island. I'm cage fighting her, or I could probably shit on a tree with her, but she's not coming with me to no, the No, I wouldn't either. She, well, she, when, when you say like flight or fight, she is mm. the fright option. She's the third one where she just stands like, you know, those goats that jump over small that, trees and then they fall. Yeah, over. and then fall. Yeah. That is my fiance. So it didn't surprise me that that was her response. Do you want to know? You obviously came up. Um, you are prime shit on a tree candidate. Oh, really? I like that. Oh, yeah. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't want to cage fight you, and I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I think if we were on a desert island, one of us would ca- so. one of it would end up physical in some. <laughs> it ends up in a cage fight anyway, so get up. And I think you and I could shit on a tree, and I don't think it would really drastically affect our friendship. I think we could do it. Now that you mention it, I didn't think there was anyone I could do it with, but I think um, I think you're one of a select few that I could probably get through it with. If especially if there was alcohol involved, it would be funny. Thank you, Neil. That means a lot. Should we get started? Let's do it. Story number one. In the last year, Chris Lilly has been, in inverted commas, cancelled. Netflix removed him um, from their streaming service. They dropped We Can Be Heroes, Summer Heights High, Jonah from Tonga, and Lunatics. This has been largely over his portrayal of the Tongan character Jonah Takalua, where he basically did blackface. Um, well, now he is back. He's dropped a brand new podcast with one of his other famous characters, Jemay. Um, It's called Jemaising. Uh, in it, she is no longer a private schoolgirl anymore. She's actually in her final year of doing PR at uni. And the podcast is um, one of her media assignments. And it's her recording on her phone. Um, but in real life, it is a real podcast. And it is out on pretty much all podcast platforms. Um, Nick, I thought that Chris Lilly was cancelled and now he's back. Well, I think how does cancel? I think we've learned yeah. something over the past three or four years, and that's that nobody is ever really cancelled, which I think we all knew before, but for some reason the internet got very into just outright cancelling people and saying that was it, they're never going to be seen again. But Louis CK is still doing comedy, uh, Aziz mm. Ansari is still doing comedy. Most of the people, other than Harvey Weinstein and um, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, he got literally cancelled. The Pentagon. Who? I mean, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. And what's Harvey Weinstein doing? Well, he's in jail. Now? Although I think he got so ill that they took him out of jail, and he's in house arrest now. Mm-hmm. I am curious because I almost brought up Chris Lilly last week when we were having a conversation around "Hey, hey, it's Saturday" and retrospectively mm-hmm. deeming things racist. And I know that you have been a fan of his work in the past, so I'm curious. Totally curious to know where you stand, where you stood through his being cancelled process with people looking. I because I don't know that Jonah was that bad, but I I think more of the second character, the rapper he Smouse. did, Smouse. Smouse. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty off so, the chain, and that was like years after Jonah. 
Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, um, Jonah Taglua was a, is a Tongan character, mm. Jonah from Tonga, um, which he, and this is why I said he basically did blackface because he it was really like a heavy spray tan. Mm. Um, and then Smouse um, was an African American um, African American rapper. He did Smouse was very bad. heavily. Smouse was... Yeah, <laughs> so there's no questioning about it. Although. It was Jonah Takalua that was his undoing yeah. at the end of the day. That was the one, even though Smouse was worse. Mm. But then how do you define worse? Like what is worse? Are we? Because I guess you and I, even just in the last couple of sentences, have been referring to it as worse because it was a darker tone. No, I just thought because it had, which, I, I actually, my opinion was because it had less heart. Like Jonah Takalua was, right. was actually a really emotive journey and he had i mm-hmm. i found in those earlier series with chris lily if you are familiar with his work with things like summer high tide there was a lot of heart behind it jonah Taklua, there was yeah. there was a domestic violence involved it was a wayward child it was him learning to express himself through dance whereas then he sort of just veered into outright stereotypes and i sort of feel like his work yeah. lost a lot of the soul or, or the humanity behind it, if that makes sense, which I think is really important for comedy because otherwise you're just, you are just playing on stereotypes. Mm. And so that's where, that's what I meant by, by I thought Smouse was worse because it was just a really cheap, heartless sort of stereotypical thing to do. Um, but it, it like, it is curious. You, so I saw on Facebook that you posted, you were listening to it and you were, you were laughing heavily with the podcast. So do you think people should have the right to grow after they've been canceled? So I've said this before, and this is stolen by the way, I didn't come up with this, but I, um, I subscribe to the theory that we shouldn't be canceling people because cancel is so definitive. We should think of it like we're in kindergarten. We're all in kindergarten. Somebody does something wrong. You don't kick them out of the school never to return. If a kid does something wrong, they get a timeout. And I think that that's probably a more appropriate response for celebrities and and especially celebrities uh, like Chris Lilly who are creating their own work. Um, You know, this isn't like a cricketer that shows up blackface to a party or something. This is somebody who's creating work and it's, he's expressive and he's creative and he's trying, he was trying to push the boundaries. I think that it's appropriate that under those circumstances, we set somebody aside for a minute and we let them kind of hopefully learn their lesson. And then when they return, they do so with a with an air of, of knowledge and reparation around them. What's interesting about Chris Lilly, though, is that Chris Lilly is back now and he really didn't apologize. I was going to ask. I don't think. I thought, if anything, he was a little standoffish and defensive of his work. He a hundred percent was. Yes. So uh, the incident that kind of blew up was, uh, yeah, Jonah from Tonga started to be questioned in the media, mm. and there was actually a young Tongan guy who'd apparently worked with Chris Lilly because I think Chris Lilly had spent time in a school and really studied people. Mm. Um. And this young Tongan guy said that he had felt exploited. And instead of Chris apologizing, he doubled down and he started sharing extra behind the scenes footage of the character, <laughs> of him performing as Jonah Tekalua. Yeah. So he, so he, re, he not only didn't apologize, he really didn't apologize. 
And now he's come back and the only thing that has changed is time. Mm. And he's come back not with another Jonah character, but still doing doing his shtick. And people have moved... People seem to be... Well, I don't think... I, I don't know. I don't think he will ever be... Because he was... Around Summer High Tide time, it mm. would be fair to say he was, if not the biggest Australian comedian going around at that point in time for a brief period yeah. of a year or two. He was definitely up there. He was in the Hamish and Andy echelon of beloved comedians in Australia. And I don't think mm-hmm. he'll ever reach that again. But I don't necessarily think that's because of cancel culture. I also just think that that's because comedy evolved. He's passed. Exactly. Yeah. It's such a short window to be relevant in comedy, I think especially in Australia, um, that his time has sort of passed. And there'll be fan, diehard fans like you that will, that will. I, I'm sorry, you might not be a diehard fan, but you're someone who is very into Chris Lilly and his style of humour. You'll continue to listen to Jamazing. I probably wouldn't put it on, but it's, but again, it's not because he was cancelled. It's just because mm. I, I was never super into his work. It never grabbed me super hard, but I listened to way worse stuff or way more controversial stuff than, than what he did necessarily. So I do think it's really interesting. Like um, it's like we talked about with little, little Britain, little Britain's a really good example of a crossover show from England. That was very similar mm-hmm. with people creating characters. Um, some of which that some of which were that blackface. Did blackface. Yeah. yeah, some of which were extremely racially insensitive. Some of which you could look back and say was you know insensitive to a bunch of different cultures. So I just think we've sort of passed. But but he should still be allowed to try to be creative. There's nothing wrong with mm. that, and that's sort of where podcasts are good. It gives people a niche where they can find their own genre. I actually I, I was thinking about this, and it's interesting that you brought up Little Britain. I think that there was. Tell me what you think about this. I think that there was an unwritten rule in the 90s and early 2000s around blackface, which was that if you were sending up a lot of different characters, you could squeeze it in. Yeah, I would agree I with think, that. I think it, if I you think, look at... Yeah. If they said if you look we at could little, attack everyone, then it's yeah. open flower. And if you look at things like Little Britain, Summer High High. Um, Tropic Thunder, yeah. the movie with Robert Downey Jr. There were a whole bunch of things that were happening back then. And I'm not saying that this is right, by the way, mm. and, and, and this doesn't fly by today's standards, but I think there was an unwritten rule at the time that was if you were going for everyone, you could go for everyone. And then the rules started to change, and that's when Chris Lilly got dragged up into it. Mm. Um and he didn't apologize. And I think that that's where he really went wrong. Then he supposedly supposedly got canceled. And and now I think it's really interesting when now the world is asking the question, do I get on board with this? Because there are a lot of people who I think would have gone, yeah, we should maybe not support this guy who are now going, but I do want to listen to Jamazing. <laughs> and I got to tell you, it's funny. It's real. I, th- I laughed out loud. I thought it was very funny. <laughs> I think it's interesting. I think Tropic Thunder is the most interesting example of blackface ever because it's actually poking fun at Hollywood at using black. blackface. So it's like a yes, double, yeah. it's a double parody of itself, if that makes sense. So mm. that's why I think that one is probably, you know, like I didn't expect this podcast to turn into a rating of blackfaces, but I think that that's why that one is aged the best mm. <laughs> out of all of them. <laughs> 
I put this on. Uh, I put this on the Facebook group, um, off-air podcast community, and I asked what people thought about the Jamee podcast. Would you listen? And is Chris Lilly still cancelled? Sarah said, um, "Listen to half already. It's okay. Not a big lull, but all right for a bit of entertainment." I don't think he's still cancelled. Just a few loud voices dominating the conversation, mm. which I think is really interesting because. I think that she's probably right. At the end of the day, there are a lot of people shouting a lot of things, but really the people who like Chris Lilly are still going to listen to it. They're still going to watch his stuff if they, you know. Well, I think we can do it in private, can't we? It's like voting Mm. for, voting for someone that is unpopular. Like 50, 70 million people voted for Donald Trump. He's the second most voted for president ever, but they probably wouldn't have shouted it out from the rooftops. Like you can still. And that's why the polls. Yeah. yeah, all the polls were saying <laughs> that he was going to lose by a landslide, but then there were all these subtly, you know, backward people. I guess I'm probably talking about myself now. If I'm <laughs> listening to Jermaine. <laughs> we always knew you were a Trumper. We always knew you were a <laughs> It's your big thing. Uh, <laughs> Pizza game. Clary wrote, uh, feelings have definitely changed about him. I remember loving the first episode of Summer Heights High as a trainee teacher. It was amazing and insightful. It was a good guide on what not to do. The rest was flat comparatively. Cheap comedy based on a lot of superficial stereotypes. He hasn't grown. Same tricks. Let's keep reaching for better funds. And I think that there's an interesting point that I'm not sure if Clary even meant to make when she was writing this. I remember loving the first episode of Summer Heights High as a trainee teacher. It was amazing and insightful. Now, the characters in Summer Heights High, Summer Heights High included Jonah Takalua. Mm. And I think that there's something that we kind of keep on maybe dancing around a little bit, which is if something's really fucking good, we are way more forgiving. Yeah. Well, that's what I said. When when it comes to Smouse... That one was, that series was a lot less funny and a lot less heartful. I'm reflecting on it now. And my sister and I actually quote Summer Heights High quotes to each other consistently still. And that's 15 Mm -hmm. to 18 years after it was made. And I will still very occasionally when I'm in the shower, write dictation on the shower <laughs> screen with the dick for the <laughs> and that's not, I don't know why it's but in it, your head it's one of those we I feel like uh we're both around 32 we're both in our early 30s mm. um I feel like we had a bunch of really weird small cultural things happen that only happened to our generation like 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 there's a five-year period that the show the tv show the oc is applicable and there's a five-year period that Summer Heights High was applicable to. It's really weird. We've got like a little time capsule before people could find their own niches anywhere because streaming services, et cetera. Mm. So it's it's cool. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. You raised some really good points. I don't think anyone's ever cancelled though these days. I think you're right. I think it's something – I think that uh, Sarah's comment – Nailed it. Mm. Loud voices dominating the conversation. We love jumping up and down, but exactly like you said, Aziz Ansari came straight back. Louis C.K. came straight back. Chris Lilly has come straight back with a podcast and the people who like their stuff get behind it. So whether or not it's a, uh, maybe these people become slightly less bankable. They might not appear in a feature film, but they're going to keep on doing their stuff. At the end of the day, people are still going to consume it. It's very interesting. Story number two. Speaking of cancelling, Tim, can we please immediately cancel this? There's a docu-soap series that is going to be appearing on Netflix. It is called Byron Bays. 
B-A-E-S. And it is the life and times of Byron Bay based influencers because that is oh now God. the hotbed of influencer culture in Australia. Uh, Tim, uh-huh. initial reactions. <laughs> um, where is it going to be playing? Um, do What date does it come out? And um, which way are you going to end your life on that day? Should we do a pact? <laughs> well, do we do Kool Aid style? <laughs> it's in. <laughs> Mate, if anyone's doing Kool-Aid style, it's the Byron Bay influencers. Because once they've stuffed so many crystals up their ass that they look, they become a human kaleidoscope, they're going to eventually dissolve into pure sunlight. Um, I Okay, so where, where where is this coming out? I have not heard anything about no, this. So it, What's the... It's in pre-production at the moment. They're currently scouting the influencers. Um, and, and it's going to be made, it will be on Netflix. I'd say it'll probably come out late this year. They'll, they'll film the whole thing first though, Netflix style, and then they'll release it week by week. So it, so it won't be an up to date reality TV show. I wanted to ask a question off this that is related, but you're from Sydney. Why do people mm-hmm. from Sydney have to ruin everything in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> it's in our, it's in our blood, Nick. <laughs> That's what we do. That's <laughs> we spread and we destroy because Sydney is the worst. Yeah. And so when you're from there, you need to, when you realize that other places, I actually went through this like a hundred percent growing up in Sydney. I a hundred percent thought I was like, Sydney's, this is it. This is the best. This is, this is what life is. And then when I left Sydney for the first time, I was like, oh, other places are better. And I think that that's what happens. So we need to go from... there and make it like Sydney. We need to bring yeah, it to I think level. people go to Byron and they want, yeah. Um, you know what I think is really interesting about this um, is I, have you spent time with, with an influencer before? Have you spent time around any of these people? Not super high uh, like people with tens of thousands of, we've got mutual yeah. friends that have tens of thousands of Instagram fans. And yeah, um, my initial reaction or my initial reflections, I sort of think the more followers you have on Instagram, the lonelier of a person you are. Well, I think you're probably right about the loneliness. But the other thing is just in reference to this television show, the more followers you have, the boringer you are mm. in real life. Because I've spent time around these influencer people and they're not doing anything. I was, um, uh, me and uh, my girlfriend and a couple of friends, we were down at uh, one of the beaches, I don't know, St. Kilda Beach in Melbourne recently. And they have these, uh, like this roller skate shack there. And so we rented roller skates and we were roller skating up and down the beach and it was really funny. We were all terrible at it and it was hilarious. And um, these influence arrived, uh, in, influencers arrived who I don't know, uh, but they were, it was Tim from The Bachelor, which is, do you remember Tim with two M's? Oh, yeah. The, he had long hair. He had quite a few tattoos and then he got accused of throwing out on The Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. 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 He showed up with, so he's an influencer now and he's also like an influencer creator. So he was there with this model girl mm. who was absolutely stick thin and in bikini bottoms and like a crop top, which is not what you want to wear when you're roller skating. Because if flesh. You... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're very exposed. And they also rented the roller skates and they 
skated next to us for about three minutes, but really only posed in front of Tim was taking photos. And then there was a third person there who was a real photographer and he was taking photos of Tim taking photos (laughs) and was taking real photos of the girl. Mm. And they did this for literally probably less than 10 minutes. And then they wrapped up and they gave the skates back and they left. I guarantee you that we had a way funner day Mm. than they did. And this is what I I think if this TV show is honest, it's going to show that these influencers actually lead really boring lives. Like they would have spent the whole morning doing hair and makeup, going there, pretending to do skating, going home, and then looking at photos. So if this TV show is honest, we're going to see that these people's lives are really, really hollow and boring. And if it's not, they're going to try and glamorize it. And I don't think that it will will work because we don't have interesting people. I think you're right. I I hadn't thought about it that way. I think that I would much rather watch the honest version. I think that would actually Mm. make more compelling TV and and have better lessons in it for life. Uh, But I think they'll go the married at first sight route. I think it's really interesting what you've just mentioned. I never thought of it this way before, but both you and I are fortunate enough in our lives to have been paid by companies to work in content creation directly, directly in content creation. And one thing I would say about it is it's, it is exhausting. You, you find it like both of us, when we were doing breakfast radio, I would find myself very fatigued and tired from a Mm. day of doing that. So I think when you are an influencer, you have sacrificed your life. Your life then becomes constantly accumulating content. So you no longer are living it. You're constantly working. You're constantly looking for opportunities to accumulate content. So you're really right. It's a really sort of, a vapid existence because you're never actually in the moment. You're constantly looking no. for how people are going to perceive it. I actually think about it a lot when I see videos of um, people, like I'll be on my Instagram and people filming themselves and they're having a conversation with the phone, like while they're walking down the street. And I often, think, and you're like, what does this look like for everyone yeah, else on the street? Imagine if you look like, they look the like an idiot and someone's yeah. fucking talking to their phone. <laughs> yes. I often think about that. I'm like, what? Do you look like a crazy person? Because they do. if you took away the phone 20 years ago, you were just the village crazy person who was mm. just ranting and raving. <laughs> the other thing is, just to throw something else into the mix, is these people are not like they, they usually post photos of very luxurious, elaborate, mm. you know, beautiful, wonderful restaurants and hotels and places. These people actually aren't earning a lot of money at all. So most of these people are getting paid in, yeah, you can stay at the hotel for a night, but you still need to like buy food and pay rent. Mm. And so I think that the actual day-to-day existence, whilst they're given clothes, and this is something that I'm like we kind of experienced in the radio world, but lesser. So the pay in radio is not great, but you do have a, a lot of these fun bonuses. You can get Go free tickets to or things like that. Whatever. Yeah. And and concerts are really fun and meeting the artists and doing stuff like that. That's all really fun. But at the end of the day, like rent is still expensive. <laughs> and holidays <laughs> and, are good too. Like being able to pay to go somewhere nice is fun. Yeah. And then like going to the dentist is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> 
and getting your car serviced is expensive. So even though these uh, people, and they're going to have it on a whole other level because we were employed full time. Yeah, yeah. But if you're literally living based off the photos and the free shit that people are sending you on off Instagram, what a stressful, awful existence. Mm. You'd have the best collection of designer shoes, but I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're eating. Yeah. Like for breakfast. I think unless you're not using free. it to launch a business, then you're then you're going to be in trouble. I think that mm. unless you're using it to launch some sort of skincare range or some sort of clothing line and you're able to leverage your audience to make that successful, then you're always going to have a really rough time. I don't envy influencers. I also think I only recently start, like, started going on Instagram again. I've noticed. Uh, what are you? Keep up with Nick or something? Keeping up with Nick. It's known as what Nick. What are you? Known, known as, as Nick, Nick on Instagram. I, I Where did that pa- come from? Uh, oh, I, can't, I went on it for about three weeks and then I haven't been back on it. I just thought, you know what, I'm going to just try. You're so bad at social media. I am well. so terrible. It just does not come naturally to me in the slightest. But I said to my fiance, I, I, after spending a couple of days looking at Instagram, I felt bad about my life because heaps of people put up fucking cool shit. And for me, I was following mainly travelers, like mainly backpackers that are putting up photos of traveling around Australia. And I said, I feel like I'm doing nothing with my life looking at these people. So I cannot imagine how, how an influencer would feel when that is their job and they're constantly comparing themselves to their fake life. Like what happens for the yeah. for the eighteen hours of a day that they're not standing under a waterfall and they're just sitting in a hotel room in you know, game by themselves? Yeah, exactly, by themselves, staring at other people's cool shit. Like it, it must be a really psychologically damaging existence. Well, it is. You've seen it. Yeah, we've seen it. Yeah. I think you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. We've seen influencers and and people that live in that world literally unravel themselves because they spend exactly like you said you know, 12 hours a day sitting, flipping, scrolling, hitting next on stories. Yeah. And it eats away at them. So, yeah, look, okay, we'll watch the show. When does it come out? Where is well, it? Where they're filming at the moment. It's in Byron. So we'll see what it turns up. Once the crystals shine right, I'm sure they'll get moving on pre-production for it. What you said, I would love to watch. I'd love to watch a real almost, what was the poverty porn that SBS or ABC were doing a while ago? Oh yeah, uh, Trouble Street or yeah, something. Yeah, whatever that was. Yeah, Struggle yeah. Street. I'd love to see Struggle a Struggle Street. Street version of Influence of Influence. Yeah, I think that would be a great balance. Don't know if we'll get it. <laughs> story number three. Weird story out of Dubai this week, Nick. Love you. Might Dubai have spotted news. this one. Uh... <laughs> the, this was quite clickbaity, so I reckon you might have seen it. Forty Ukrainian and Russian women have been arrested for posing on a balcony naked Mm. in Dubai. Uh, The women were models. They were scouted in their home countries and then flown to Dubai for a photo shoot. Uh, They were spotted on their high-rise balcony uh, by onlookers and then by police, and they were then arrested. Uh, And Dubai has some very strict anti-pornography and anti-debauchery laws. And so they were all facing up to six months in jail and fines of about $1,500 Australian. Um, and then Dubai actually backflipped in the last like 24 hours and have announced that they will all be deported immediately. Did you spot this story? Yeah, I did. 
The photos were blurry, though. I was... <laughs> I'm sorry, that's such a bad joke. Um, no, I did see this story. I thought it was curious. I didn't read too far into it. You've got to... Uh, what I will say, and this is not a victim-blaming statement, but what I would recommend, and specifically for Australians, because we're quite bad at this, research oh, the company you are going through. Breaking. We, we, we love breaking an in international law. Oh don't we? man, we well an Australian dies every week in Bali. I assume that number's gone down a little bit because of coronavirus. But we go over to Bali and act as if it's the Gold Coast, and it is not. And that's what I would say is just Australians act as if they are gods yes, in Bali. Yeah, exactly. They're like. <laughs> I'm taller than most people and road rash won't affect me. Yeah. It's a bizarre attitude. We're, we are, if you haven't traveled before and you and I are both fortunate enough to have traveled a fair bit in our lives, Australians are renowned as dickhead tourists, not like American annoying tourists, but as just the, it's us and I think Brazilians are considered the most loose tourists in the world. We just go places, get drunk, headbutt signs, get arrested for stealing beer glasses. It's a real, it's, it's, I, I, part of me is very proud of that, that, that that's our cultural legacy on the world. But part of me as well is, is, is sort of, we're not erring away from our convict heritage. Mm. <laughs> I feel like it's, um, so, so back to this story about these, uh, 40, um, yes. women, I feel um I feel quite mixed emotions about this and I feel like there's some real kind of double exploitation that's going on. I know that you said um you know people need to research the country that they're going to. But there's a big push um from Ukraine. Uh there's a big campaign that says uh Ukraine is not your brothel. Mm. Um and I mean like Ukraine is a very poor country and that's where the majority of women Ukraine and Russia came from um and and within these news stories the women have been described as models i think if you're a U- ukrainian model i don't think that that's i don't think you you're doing like they're New not appearing in or victoria's any... secret they're, they're, they're no. probably yeah i agree with you it sounds exploitative from the photographer to take them there to do this because yeah um you're right especially in that area of eastern europe i mean there is literally hotels I have had friends tell me anecdotal stories of them staying in hotels, which are just sex hotels where they pay really? a fee at the start, whatever booze they want and, and whatever girls they want, they get for a three day period. So wow. it's a, it's a, and that's where a lot of um, sex trafficking comes out of the uh, Eastern, yeah. Eastern Europe area. And it's also uh, where a lot of male order brides come from, which is a really yeah. old concept. <laughs> Yeah, there are some amazing um, documentaries, by the way, on Netflix about mail order brides, brides within Russia. I wanted to ask you, this is purely hypothetical. Can you put your detective hat on for me? I, who do you think has organised all of this? It's a very strange set of circumstances that some Russian organisation has paid for 40 women to fly mm. to Dubai to do something that they knew was illegal. Um and then, so so twelve of them ended up in jail, and the photographer. And newsflash: they have balconies in Russia. Yeah, could have been. For, well, were they trying to make a point? Were they trying to make a statement around this is the women's this is what rights I situation in Eastern Europe? 
Uh, sorry, in, in, in the Middle East? Is in, that what they were well, going for? I haven't read anything that says that, but I do genuinely wonder that. And all of the um, articles that I've read have been very, very concise um, and especially seem to be very, very hush-hush around the fact that the women were released and um, exported back to back to Russia. Um, yeah, do you think that it's, it's possible that this was a, like a women's liberation well, it could uh, be because, I mean, out of Eastern Europe came, I'm going to get this name wrong and I feel like we should Google it, but was it the Pussy Patrol or they, the, there was that group of women. I know who you're talking yeah, about. That yeah, that made huge world statements and busted into a lot of press conferences, topless yep. uh, with, yep. you know, slut written across their chest because they were yep. making the point of how exploited they are in, in those parts of the world. And if it was I know what you're talking about. I can't Google it because yeah. I don't. If I Google that, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be that. But yes, there is a group. There is a um, th- there is a very sexually provocative group who actually fight for women's rights that come out of the Ukraine and Russia. So if it was them, um, it's sort of a good news story. Is is that because let's first of all, do you have a single issue? I think first of all, I would like to know if this happened with either men or women in Australia. Do you have an issue with it happening? What do you, what do you mean? Like if forty uh, women were flown naked to... on a balcony, would you have an issue with that? Or forty men naked on a balcony? I was trying to think if it would matter. No. Oh, well, I I don't think that it would matter if it was men or women. I actually think that if I think you can put as many naked people as you want on a balcony in Australia. We've had art uh, where they've stacked hundreds yeah. of naked people on the steps of the Sydney Opera House before for um, some incredible photographs. And that was and I've beautiful. Known pe- and I've been to uh, the Gold Coast Six Hundred, which was previously called Indy, and seen hundreds of balconies with naked women all over. Really? Oh, because it was just, they used to fly in strippers from all over Australia for that event. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I, that's the second question that I think it raises is for me, it's not an issue of men or women. Um, I think it's very interesting though, that there is still a place and I know that we are not the world police, Mm. but it's, it's pretty, it definitely has highlighted the issue to me. Um, of how oppressive some of those laws are in Dubai, that you can't be naked or women can't be naked on a private balcony in a first world country. Well, I think some of the laws, I don't want to say it was 100% Dubai. It was the Arab Emirates, I'm pretty sure, but it was in the middle, in a very advanced, wealthy part of the Middle East. And there was a, a British diplomat and his wife that moved over there. This happened about three years ago. And they were in an open relationship. So they moved there uh, and she was sleeping with other people, as was he. And then their relationship has dissolved. He has gotten the shits with her. Oh, wow. And he's reported her to the police for adultery, even though it was consensual. And because of the laws in that country, she was put in jail and had to fight to be extradited out out of the Middle East because she'd basically been screwed over because of these archaic laws around women. So you're right. I think it was only recently that women are allowed to drive uh, in, in, in some yeah. of those countries. Yeah. It's quite, it, it's pretty insane. And it's also insane that this is just, nobody's doing anything about this. Mm. 
Well, money, this Tim. Is just... Money, money is a big deal, and a lot—I I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of countries seem to be addicted to oil, and a lot of the oil <laughs> comes from these countries. So, yeah, everybody's super friendly with Dubai. Um, I—I I was just googling. It's called Pussy Riot. Oh man, I was group. close, wasn't I? You were surprised. You were really close. Yeah, I—I I think it's potentially organized by something like this. I think it's going to be really interesting to see if some more news comes out about it. I, I think that you bang on that money talks, unfortunately. And it's sad that there is a first world country right now where you can be put in jail for being naked in your own house mm. on a balcony. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't aware that those laws were so oppressive. Oh, man. So. There is, try being, try being gay in Russia. <laughs> like, there is, there's some bad stuff going on in the world, man. I hate to tell oh, man. And this is where the group came from. They were the ones trying, <laughs> the ones trying, trying to shine a spotlight on this. It just gets worse and worse. I hope it's that, and I hope it's not some dickhead artist like we experienced with Dark Mofo recently. With the, I believe he was Italian or Spanish. The artist who he was Ita- yeah. uh, Italian artist who wanted to do a I Union so. Jack with Indigenous people's blood through it. Uh, and yeah. I hope it wasn't some artist that thinks they're edgy and trying to push the boundaries without understanding another people's culture. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I would hope that you're right as well. Um, that that whole Dark Mofo story was really interesting. And just as a side note, Dark Mofo totally backflipped on, on that entire plan, and that is kind of harping back to the whole Chris Lilly situation. That is how you handle being an idiot. Mm. If you do something wrong, I think that like they have absolutely avoided shtick because they've gone, yeah, they put their hands up. We made a mistake. We're going to do something different. So, yeah, it's interesting Still, to see the how planning well that meeting for that would have been incredible. <laughs> Nick Picks! We've been talking about exploitation, uh, and there's a new drama out on Netflix that's called The Serpent, and it's the story of a French man who was living in uh, Southeast Asia. They called it the, what was it, the Hippie Trail? The Hippie Trail? So, essentially going through India and then up through Hong Kong and those regions and he was exploiting you right mate you got a bit of indigestion sorry i got i've got got a bubble in my throat are you yawning right now or holding in a burp it was a burp it was a burp (laughs) let's go again look this week's no we're not not going again (laughs) we're already here we're at the end the serpent Okay, Go the watch serpent. It on Netflix. Really interesting. Hippie trail. Made me it's very good. aware that it was a lot easier to get away with crime pre the internet. <laughs> like I've, I, I don't know whether this says more about me as a person, but watching this docu series, which is based in the late sixties, seventies, I just went, why wasn't everyone committing crime all the time? Like maybe it's because <laughs> I feel too watched now. But I just think you just had to take people on their word. You just had to, be, you had to believe. Where were you? Where were you, Bob? Yeah. I was at home. All right. Well, okay. checks out to me. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, he's got an alibi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we asked everyone and they were all at home. So don't know who it was. But even why would uh, you ever believe a passport? Like what was even the fucking point in passports? Because they just had sticky mm. pictures. Like why wasn't everyone just, just committing identity theft left, right and center? idiots <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> um my nick pick for the week I, I think probably my nick picks are often like oh a really interesting new artsy podcast or businessy or sciencey whatever i'm going trash this week 
I've told you about, uh, Ellie and my obsession with the TV show House Hunters that we call yes. Dumb Americans. Yeah, yeah. We've gone one worse, okay? There's something worse than House Hunters. It's also on Netflix. It's called Marriage or Mortgage. Oh, Have you seen God, this? No. What is Okay, this? so it's like, it's kind of the same. There's a couple... And the show doesn't really give them anything. So it literally starts off as like these dumb American couple and they're like, we've saved up $30,000 and now we don't know whether we want to get married or buy a house. And then they have a real estate agent like pressure them into buying a house and show them three houses. So it's the same as House Hunters. And then a wedding planner <laughs> pressure them into having a wedding and show them three types of wedding that they could organize on that budget. And then, so it's kind of like a head-to-head. Yeah. Really, the show is about the real estate agent versus the wedding planner. Yeah. And then at the end, they have to make a life choice um, because that's where society is at, that houses are so expensive, although they're less expensive. No, in, it's in, true. In, you know, that's Look, yeah. there is merit to you, this show. As someone who is getting yeah. married in December this year, it's a mortgage. <laughs> it costs a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah. So I think it's it is wild. It show, I think it could only work in this time in in the world. You know, 30 years ago. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. I saw a very interesting thing recently that said The Simpsons has gone from being a representation of of the working class of America to an actual aspirational aspiration life, an, an unrealistic friends style aspirational lifestyle. Yeah. That fucking yeah. is a lot. <laughs> Well, I, I listened to, um, there's there's a podcast about the TV show The Office mm. that's made by, I think I probably did it as a Nick pick a while ago. It's made by Brian Baumgartner, who is Kevin, Kevin Malone, the big yep, fat guy yep, yep, yep. on the show. And um, he says uh, that he thinks that The Office is so popular amongst millennials because it's so relaxing, because it represents a workforce that that doesn't really exist anymore. Like just a place where you, where you go and... and you just do your work and then you go home and there's stability. And yeah, it's very interesting how all of that, like 2000s it's entertainment yeah. it's... has become a totally different thing now. It's a bit scary. It's a, it's a little bit scary. Like home, mm. home, they, they own their four bedroom house. They have three kids that they're easily able to support on a single income. Yeah, and Homer's like not a great. He's you know he's bad at yeah. his job. Yeah, he turns he goes up. to work. Yeah, eats donuts, goes home. Simple and now times, Tim. What a great life! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of, I got to get back to work. We record this. On <laughs> Uh, Don't tell people go. that. <laughs> I gotta go. Um, Nick, thanks for thanks for hanging out with me. And if you are still hanging out with us, um, we have a Facebook group. It's called Off Air Podcast Community. Um, search it on Facebook and join it, and you can share your thoughts on the different topics that we discuss each week, and you can be a part of the podcast. Um, and that's honestly, it's one of our favorite parts because we are sick of talking to each other. We love. <laughs> We love, no, we love hearing your thoughts on things, so get involved. You've been listening to Off Air. Remember to like and subscribe. People are entitled to their sexual proclivities. <laughs> <laughs>